Welcome to another episode of Young Entrepreneurs with the Green Group team. My name is Nelson Fernandez. Today, we're joined by Stephen. Stephen, how are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good. Uh, just kind of going along and getting ready to go back to school. Awesome. Um, would you like to tell on the audience a bit about yourself? Um, where are you studying right now? Where do you go? Yeah, so uh, I'm currently studying computer science at SIU Carbondale. Uh, I'm a senior and I'm also an RA. So I get to kind of have a double life there as a student and an employee. And I really enjoy it. I think it's a great campus and I enjoy my job because I get to, you know, meet a lot of different people and help people. So, yeah. Awesome. So... For everyone tuning in today, again, a special episode with Stephen Schulte, 007, talking today about don't manage people, manage expectations. So Stephen, we're going to be talking about a chapter from a book called The Entrepreneur's Mind by Kevin Johnson. Amazing book. And in there, he focuses on leadership versus management. And starts off with a quote that's by Sam Walden, the founder of Walmart. High expectations are the key to everything. So when you hear that, what do you think about? So I personally, when I think about that quote, I think that if you set your expectations too low, then you're going to eventually become complacent with the bare minimum, right? And setting high expectations, there's always the possibility that you won't reach that. But you can say, you know, it's okay. I did my my best. But with low expectations, you can't really say that. You know, you did the bare minimum and it might not have taken a ton of effort for you to get done what you set to get done. And you might not have learned as much from that as you would have if you would have set a higher expectation and then maybe fell short of it uh, by a little bit. Awesome. Um, yeah, I couldn't agree more. Being able to have that baseline and be able to not only meet it, but exceed it is important. So when it comes to team environments and taking charge of the team, how do you see um, responsibilities being given out and how do you find what those expectations are and how it aligns with everyone? Uh, so within a team... I'm going to focus more on kind of how we've done it within the green roof because uh, I've had the most experience here and then also my job. Uh, typically what I see is kind of look at schedules, right? So in my job, for instance, as an RA, uh, all of our expectations, our guidelines, the things that we need to get done, we start with class schedules because obviously we can't be working when we're in class and we're students first. So we all kind of, talk about our class schedules, uh, when we can be places, when we can do things, uh, picking up the duty phone so people can call us at night if they have any issues, stuff like that. Um, and kind of using our baseline schedule to dictate how we do the rest of our jobs. And with that, then you set expectations. So realistic expectations in terms of, you know, Maybe this person has a class that goes from three to four, 
and then they need to pick up the phone. So you can't say you have to pick up the phone by four. That's not realistic, right? So saying pick it up by 4.30, you know, giving people time to do things where they don't feel rushed. They're able to go at their own pace to get it done, but also they still have a time constraint to make sure that everyone's on the same page and things are getting done uh, in a manner that they need to be done. Cool. Yeah, I can't agree more. And <clears throat> as you're focusing on people's side, I was hearing a lot of, I'd say, keywords that when it comes to defining what leader is. Um, are you familiar and ever tried defining like, oh, what a leader is versus what a manager is? So I never looked at the actual definitions or uh, the common definitions. But what I think when I hear leader versus manager, a manager is going to be something, someone overseeing a project, right? They're going to be the ones who are setting the main expectations and goals of the group, whereas a leader is going to be someone within that group, typically, and they will be guiding everyone towards that end goal, making sure they're on time. And sometimes a manager can be a leader, right? You can be managing a group and still be part of the group or still mentoring them towards this end goal. Um, but leader is going to typically be more action focused, where a manager will be more expectations and goals. Nice. Yeah, I can agree more. I know um, the way I define it, leader is more people-centric, manager is more project-focused in terms of how do we get progress. Because then if you can, like, say, develop the people and train them to do well, help give them resources and provide as they need, you can go and reach that um, end product as you need. Cool. So, riding back a bit, um, when you're talking about um, picking up the duty for phone by 4.30 instead of 4, having that wiggle room in there, what happens if a team member doesn't align to the same motivations, to the same values of being able to be people-centric? So, <clears throat> sorry. So, if you have a team member who's not motivated by the same things, who does not share the same values as your team, it can actually cause quite a bit of conflict. Uh, I noticed this last year with uh, a couple coworkers, and obviously I won't name names because that's very rude. Uh, but you see a lot of different people taking jobs for a lot of different reasons. Sometimes people take a job because they want to be in that place where they can help people and be more part of a community. Some people take a job because they have to take the job because they need the money. They can't afford to not take the job. Some people do it because a plethora of reasons. But what really makes a difference is having everybody on the same page, right? So as an RA, I know personally, I had people telling me that I was the bad guy, right? I would end up having to write somebody up for doing something that they shouldn't be doing. And they would tell me, oh, my RA doesn't care. My RA won't write me up. My RA does the same thing. And so that created conflict, not just between me and the resident, but between me and that RA, 
because then I had to go to them and I had to say, your resident is complaining to me because I wrote them up and you're not enforcing the rules that you need to be enforcing on your floor. And that caused a lot of tension between me and some people in my group. And, you know, there was really two halves in my in my group of people who wanted to be there because they actually cared and people who wanted to be there and just have fun and get their housing paid for. And my my boss, I think, did a really good job of kind of bringing us together and mediating a lot of this conflict that we had because there was disciplinary action for people who were abusing their power. There was disciplinary action for people who weren't using their power at all. And we had quite a few meetings that were about, you know, you will be seen as the bad guy a lot of the time. Don't make it harder on your coworkers by never being the bad guy because then when they have to be everything gets put on them and so kind of just making sure that everyone's on the same page and if they're not doing your best to bring everybody onto that page i think is the most important thing about managing a team or leading a team because if you're not able to do that it's going to cause way more problems than anyone wants to deal with Sweet. I'm happy um, that your boss was able to help mediate and get everyone together. So during those conversations, what kind of questions were they asking? Well, the main one, <laughs> the main one was, why aren't you doing your job? Um, and there were, there again, a lot of reasons that I won't go into because it's kind of personal, but a lot of it came down to, I don't want my residents to hate me. I don't want them to dislike me. I want them to be my friend. Right. And we talked a lot about boundaries, you know, setting these boundaries. Uh, my buddy, my buddy, Thomas, who, you know, uh, he lived on my floor uh, last year when I was his RA. And I told him straight up front when he decided to move onto my floor, you're my friend and I respect you. But if you do something that's against the rules, I'm going to enforce them the exact same as I would for anybody else on this floor, anybody else in this building, anybody else in my duty area, because I set that boundary with him. You know, I'm an RA. If I'm acting in the capacity of an RA, then this has to happen. And he understood that he was totally fine with it. And I, I said that to everyone on my floor uh, the very first day that they moved in. I brought them all together for a first floor meeting. And I said, I want to be your friend. I don't want to be the bad guy. Don't make me be the bad guy because it's way more work for me. You guys are going to get upset about it and no one's going to have a fun time. And I think I had maybe one report on my floor all year because they respected me. They respected the other RAs and those boundaries were set right away they knew that i wanted to be their friend they knew how much i hated doing the extra work of writing the reports because it gets really tedious and annoying and they just respected me and sometimes when you're very much a people person you don't want to necessarily set those boundaries up front because 
you want to get as close with people as you can. And that was the biggest issue that we found uh, within our groups was these RAs, some a lot of times, they're not necessarily doing their jobs because they want to be friends with these people. And they're prioritizing other aspects of the job, um, like ensuring mental health and everything over enforcing the rules. And not everybody works the same. Not everybody does that. So basically, my boss just said, go to your floors and set boundaries and make sure that everybody knows you don't want to be doing the reports because I don't want to do, I don't want to do the reports. My boss, my boss said that, you know, writing a report is way more work than people realize because we have to do dates, times, people, exact actions. We use quotes in all of our reports. Um, if we talk to somebody, you know, it's a lot of work because it's official documentation that gets sent to like student rights and responsibilities. It's a lot to do. And people think that they have this notion that we just do it to be mean. We do it because we don't care about them. And that's not the truth. I don't know any RA who would write somebody up just to be mean because that means that we have to go through all the report writing process. We have to meet with our boss about it. If they have any questions, uh, if the student challenges it, then, oh, we have to go be in another meeting. You know, there's a lot to do. Um, and so, yeah, my boss really focused on boundaries and ensuring that everyone moved in onto the same page of we focus on enforcing the rules and ensuring the mental health of our residents equally as to not make one person on the team like be the target for all the residents because they're the only one enforcing the rules and things like that. And it worked. Um, at the end of the year, I don't really remember having any more of those issues. Awesome. And I loved to hear that it all worked out in the end. So now taking like a big picture view of what we've been talking about, do you think there is a way that we can set maybe team norms at the beginning um, and be able to clearly, clearly like define what expectations are? So setting team norms is going to be probably the most difficult thing you do as a manager of a team because you're bringing in a group of people who are typically pretty different. You know, not everybody works the same. Not everybody acts the same, thinks the same things are funny or uh, value the same things as you. And so you want to set, like, you want to set values for your team, your company. What are you? you as a collective going to prioritize, right? So meeting with everybody and kind of brainstorming, you know, get a sheet of paper out and go around and ask what are like the top three things that you want to prioritize or value within this group and see what overlaps, right? Take the stuff that most overlaps and make that what you focus on. And then from there, branch out into... What do we need to do as a team? What do we need to accomplish? 
um, what are going to be our communication standards? Because communication is the most important thing within a team. So how are we communicating? Are we doing text? Are we using, say, Discord? You know, what's going to be our platform? What is going to be the rules for the group, right? We're not going to start texting this group and say, yeah, I'm going out to the bar on Friday. Anybody want to go? Like, we're going to keep this group professional. Um, Things like that. Just ensuring that you don't overlap your personal uh, goals, or not personal goals, your personal wants over the team's needs and goals. And just ensuring that everybody has that baseline understanding of what you want to do and how you're going to get there. Yeah, I could not have put it any better. Um, being able to have everyone come together, align on whatever values, and then prioritize as a team what is important and ensuring that individual needs may not, individual wants do not outweigh the team needs. So, Stephen, as we come up towards the end of this episode, do you have any final thoughts or words or advice for the audience? So my my biggest thing here would be while the team needs typically will come first, it's important to make sure that individual needs are also being met. Uh, I've done a lot of team building and leadership group stuff. Uh, I was in 4-H for years. I've been part of a leadership conference for five years <laughs> at this point. Uh, I've done a lot. And what what you see affecting people the most within a team is when they don't have their needs met. You know, uh, I've been in issues where, you know, team seems to be working great. And then we get to the end and people go, well, I wasn't listened to at all. You know, it hurts because I had an idea that I thought would work and nobody cared to listen to me. Right. Making sure that, you know, the need of being heard, the need to be included, uh, Ensuring that people don't feel like they're being tossed to the wayside is going to be the most difficult thing, but also the most rewarding thing someone can do as a manager or a leader, because nobody wants to feel useless and making sure that they feel needed, they feel like they are contributing is going to help not just them but the team because a happy team member is a productive team member so i just think keeping that in mind and ensuring that everyone has their needs met is the most important thing anyone can do awesome couldn't agree more and cool um Stephen, thank you again for coming on your show, sharing your wisdom with audience. Sorry, I completely blanked out how to end an episode. No, you're all good. <clears throat> Finish talking. Cool. Yeah, Stephen, I couldn't agree more with what you just said. Um, thank you again for coming on to the show today. Yeah, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Cool. And for everyone listening, um, 
please feel free to come visit our website, learn more about what we're doing, and remember, stay sustainable.